My name is Raina Starr. With me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Star Bustamante. Welcome to the hey. show. The 415 is brought to you by The Wild Hunt. Check out wildhunt.org for all of your fine pagan I have no idea what that was. So sorry. Um, <laughs> what an interesting live in. Um, and just so back on to the show. We have an interesting afternoon lined up for you. A lot of things have been going on. Um, before we get started, please note that the opinions expressed on the 415 are of your co-hosts and do not reflect the opinions or positions of wildhunt.org. So star. It's been an interesting month. It has. Yes, it um, has. <laughs> it really has. I mean, there's probably more news than either of us can possibly handle in an hour, but we did pick a few stories for you folks that we thought were germane to current events. Couldn't get them all in, but we've got some of them in. So, first thing we wanted to talk about today were the hate crimes against Asian Americans that seem to be on the rise again. Now, as always, (laughs) I always have to tie this back to the previous administration in my mind because, you know, when you have someone, you know, basically the leader of the free world telling people that it's a China virus, you know, his followers are going to act in kind upon these people because they don't understand how viruses work. They don't understand how COVID-19 came about. And apparently a lot of Asian Americans are feeling even more threatened than usual. Please don't think this is something new. Um, Hate crimes against Asian Americans go underreported. probably more often than most hate crimes, I would think, because we don't hear about it often enough, even though we know it occurs. Um, well, they've, they've definitely been, yeah, I mean, this has been an ongoing problem that goes all the way back to, um, you know, Asians being uh, put into camps during uh, <laughs> World War II. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I have to say some of some of what has happened just recently has been absolutely horrific. Uh yesterday, I think it was yesterday when that footage was first posted, um and and it made this made the national news. It was I mean Twitter was lit up like a Christmas tree for hours uh, where an Asian woman was on her way to I think church and mm-hmm. um, right in front of a, a residential building with two two security uh, officers on duty in the lobby who uh, who witnessed this man uh, violently shove the woman to the ground and then and then begin uh, kicking her uh, and they not only did not do anything, the one guy walks over and shuts the door. Uh, since then, uh, they've been they've both been suspended from their jobs, and I don't know. Uh, I haven't even looked today to see um, what the status of all of that is. But I mean, that in and of itself is uh, both horrifying and stunning. That like, mm-hmm. in what world do you see somebody being violently assaulted, and is mm-hmm. you know? I mean, this was like a 65 year old woman. And the, your response is to is to shut the shut the door. 
while Asian attacks on Asians have been have definitely been being reported more. I mean, the place that is the most stunning is in is in New York, which I mean, like they're up like like four or five hundred percent. Uh, but I mean, to hear some of the accounts from, especially Asian healthcare workers, who have yeah. been accosted uh, in, you know, grocery stores and, um, you know, I mean, just trying to live their lives, and some asshole comes along and, uh, you know, and spits on them or assaults them physically in some other way or just, you know, uh, verbal abusive verbal language, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that there has always been a certain level of animosity towards, towards Asians. Like I said, that, mm-hmm. I, mean, that, that, I mean, it even predates uh, World War II for sure. But, you know, after yeah. the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, then um, the infinite wisdom of the government was to round up everybody that was that you know appeared that they might be Asian uh, and put them in camps, internment camps. Uh, George Takai has written and talked about that actually. Oh yes, um, yes he has. But yeah, so on one hand it's really no, it's nothing new, but on the other hand, the former uh, administration exacerbated that kind of sentiment and yes by you know his xenophobic uh, xenophobic tweets of you know calling it the china flu and um i think the other thing that doesn't help is you know there there's been a lot of confusion that's been in the news just in the last week or so about what the actual <laughs> origin of of the virus was and um so that that has not helped either but Nothing. Nothing suggests that that you know that this was something that uh, the research facility in Wuhan developed and then you know released out into the world. That's utter bullshit. It really is, and you know one of the things I find so disturbing is that the people who launch these attacks aren't even smart enough to know if they're attacking. They don't even know who they're attacking. I mean, let's face the fact. They are not, they are not together enough to know who is from where, in my opinion. I have seen some of these knuckle-draggers. I'm sorry that this is a personal opinion, which I have clearly stated I would give. Um, if you have nothing better to do than hurt somebody because of what they look like and you have a stupid assumption in your brain, you deserve double the ass kicking. I, I, it's just a fact. If you're going to be stupid, you better be tough because at some point somebody's going to come for your dumb ass. I'm sorry. People just make me fucking nuts. Anyway. Wow. I, there's there's no shortage of, of ignorance that's, uh, that is absolutely sure. not. But you know, uh, let's talk for a second about that stupid, uh, you know, that press conference that that sheriff gave or whoever he was in Atlanta when talking about the 21-year-old, um, you know, who went to a number of massage parlors or you know, uh, spas of whatever kind, and you know, shot them up and, you know, made it sound so matter-of-fact because he said, well, you know, the defendant had a bad day. A bad day? I mean, I understand the cop delivery is supposed to be as dispassionate as possible because they're not supposed to show a bias, but the level of tone deaf to make it sound so matter-of-fact, I think, was absolutely ridiculous. Well, and I do want to point out that, you know, that was not him giving an opinion or stating that. That was right. what the shooter had had said in his statement. So it was right. And it was it was somewhat misreported uh, as far yeah. as the outrage on that, um, because it wasn't okay. it wasn't the cop saying, you know, oh, he was having a bad day. It was him saying 
that this was part he, – he said it as part of what the shooter had given in his, in his statement. But unfortunately, right. it, that was mm-hmm. not clear – um, yeah, it wasn't. There was it wasn't there all. was a lot of outrage. It really made it seem like he was saying, "Well, you know, he's having a bad day." When that was really not um, what was what was actually trying to be conveyed. Uh, yeah, uh, which is why, which so is why all police departments and other officials have spokespersons. So, and they have, you know people who, uh, even if they're going to be the ones speaking, uh, are very clear on prepping them on how they need to address certain issues, which clearly did not happen in this case. Yeah, not for me. I mean, the way it, the way his delivery came across to me was not the way it should have been reported. I'm sorry. I mean, I know you're supposed to not show emotion during it, but there's got, you know, I don't know if the person who was supposed to help that policeman uh, was not available that day, but how something is delivered, I feel, is very important. And that was just a really crap delivery. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, the, the press the press ate him alive uh, over, over that, so, um, but... You know, he he will he is not the first uh, public or elected official to say something in a way that was completely tone deaf and uh, and poorly received, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the topic of public officials who uh, are uh, um, stupid. I would I would just like to tell you about uh, Madison Madison Cawthorn's most recent uh, uh, asinine uh, gesture, and so first I would like to remind everyone that uh, Madison Cawthorn is the congressional uh, representative for District 11, which is the district that I live in, um, and. Uh, he replaced the uh, pretty awful Mark Meadows, although I have to say that he has far exceeded even Mark Meadows' awfulness, um, which yeah. is pretty pretty fucking impressive, to be quite honest. It is. Um, yeah. So, um, and when they voted on the most recent uh, relief bill for COVID-19, yeah. of course, Madison, Madison Cawthorn yep. voted against it was dead set against yes, it. He did. it was, you know, it was awful, awful, terrible, horrible thing, should never be allowed to be passed, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, of course, the relief bill has been tremendously popular. Um, like 75% of the U.S. approves of the actions that Biden yep. has taken when it's uh, yep. relating to, to COVID relief and the vaccines and all of that, like between 72 and 75%. Correct. Darling little darling Madison Cawthorn um, is appearing in his tweets and posts on social media to be taking credit for what a fine thing this is and, you know, as if he had something to do with it other than opposing it. So I just, you know, once again, I mean, unless the general public just has amnesia and has forgotten that he not only voted against it but was constantly uh, going on and on and on about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what a horrible what a horrible thing this was and how it was going to create debt for our children and all the usual, you know, uh, GOP talking points. But anyway, I just thought I'd interject that, you know, yet another example of a clueless uh, public official. Yeah, and for whatever reason, the GOP seems to be really good at their cluelessness. Um, sorry. <laughs> Factual. Um, the next thing we we had on our docket was to talk about the spate of mass shootings again. Uh, this is a subject that, no matter what happens, is just horrible and more horrible every single time. This is a situation that is not improving. The level of anger 
I, I mean, I don't know what it takes to do something that horrific, but we have, you know, once again, this this continuous rash of mass shootings, and I thought it was they, they were being committed by younger and younger people. I don't know if these are QAnon folks. I don't know who necessarily or what the associations are. You and I had been talking about the fact that, um, you know, that there were a couple of things that had been underreported. Um, we were going to talk about um, arrested at a grocery store. We had an Instacart driver. He had seen a man in a, with a gun in a bathroom. Right. And right. they that stopped was, uh, him right. before. Yeah, they stopped him before was, he could commit. Yeah, that was in a uh, that was in Atlanta, I believe. Um, yep. Yep. And yeah, this guy went into the bathroom in a, um, I think it was a grocery store. I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was a grocery it was, store. Went to the bathroom and was apparently in the process of putting on body armor and had um, what were described in the media as a couple of long guns uh, and an Instacart driver was in the bathroom and saw this and reported it to management who who then called the police. Uh, yep. The guy was arrested, so nothing horrible happened at that point, but guy is absolutely alarming. I mean, he had... Um, both the long guns that he had were, were semi-automatics. Um, he also had uh, like three or four other handguns, all semi-automatics on him. And then like just the next day, there was a case in Virginia with a similar mm-hmm. type thing, which is, which is pretty alarming um, that you have, um, people being arrested and carrying that kind of firepower on them. The one in Virginia also they found explosives. So, yeah. um, and there really hadn't been much Pretty more uh, in the press that I've seen on that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, of course, I don't know about you, Raina, but when I go to the grocery store, I always make sure I wear my body armor and have multiple, you know, uh, weapons of, you know, mass killing on I my person. I mean, yeah, yeah sure, grenades, why not? You know, sure. <laughs> grenades, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, just kind of sur- surreal. It's surreal. I mean, like, what level of fear do you have to be operating under to feel that you need that to go in a place to begin with. But, I mean, obviously, who knows what was going on in this guy's head. Um, but, I mean, but I see people, in, you know, I have seen people in the past in the grocery store carrying, you know, open carrying, like, a gun that you could, you know, you could probably take a an elephant out with. Um and I, I've never, I don't really understand, that is outside of my ability to really comprehend why you would need that. Although, I mean, who knows? I guess if you're going to have guys carrying long guns and, and four or five handguns uh, into places like that, then maybe you might need it. I, I You know, it's it's just the whole thing, the whole gun thing is weird to me. I don't I don't get it. Well, I mean, you know, at a certain range, it's hard to pick out a good avocado, but if you measure the speed by which the bullet goes through the avocado, then you know if it's ripe or not, apparently. I have no idea. Um, But it's a frightening thing because, you know, life isn't hard enough. People have to shoot other people for no apparent reason other than I don't know. I don't even know what the motivation is. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not even sure. You know, this, this one guy where the cop said he had a bad day and he was a sex addict, I mean, it is possible that a sex addiction can drive you nuts if you're underdeveloped in the brain or whatever. I mean, I don't know 
what trips people's triggers these days, apparently a lot of different things that I'm completely unaware of. But, I mean, if I'm interested in sex, I'm certainly not going to blow up the places where I'm getting it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's a scary thing. And I don't know how to fix it. And I don't know how to make people happy enough to not want to do that. And I don't know if it's a mental illness, an environmental illness, a combination of both, if it's certain stressors that I'm completely unaware of, is there PTSD involved? I mean, I just have no way of knowing. I would love to understand why, but there's never one answer that anybody can go to and say, well, this is how we stop it. Well, I mean, I think that the... I think the answer to everything is is better education, better social services, uh, better communication. All of that, in my opinion, is how you you bring things back from the the brink uh, that we're currently hanging over. Um, but that's my opinion, uh, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think that. It's a good opinion. It's a good opinion. It's a reasonable opinion. I just don't know if anybody else, you know, is willing to listen to it. I, I don't know. The world is getting scarier all the damn time, and I just can't figure it out. So um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, because, you know, politics and all, voter suppression. Oh, wow. Really? By all the freaking gods. I just cannot take it. The minute the Democrats get into office, the Republicans lose their shit in Congress. What the hell is happening? How is this? I mean, okay, so folks, anybody who's not been paying attention, apparently, or hasn't had time to pay attention, apparently in Georgia, they have, they have passed, signed into law by their governor, Brian Kemp. We just love this freaking guy. Um, where they are now going to limit everything from how many places you can vote to when you can vote to whether or not someone can give you water while you're standing online to vote. Uh, they're, they're trying to eliminate, or did they eliminate Sunday voting, which is quite frankly when some, only some people can vote. Um, well, you know, and, the whole thing. That's, uh, I don't think that they eliminated it completely, um, but the whole thinking on that, one of the things that uh, is really common in Georgia is that the churches, mm-hmm. the the voters after church, you know, yes. they take the congregation, anybody that wants to go to the polls. Um, yes. And they are, they're happy to eliminate this because African-American folks tend to vote democratically. And it is all about eliminating the quote-unquote unwanted vote. Now, what Republicans seem to forget is that they usually do quite well in early voting. And apparently they have found that the last election was so detrimental to them that they they must suppress the vote of people that they are sure will not vote for them. So let me ask this. Is it a question of doing that, or maybe I'll just need to come up with some better options as far as who to vote for on the Republican side? Maybe you <laughs> don't pick somebody so damn scary or who has so little um, experience as far as being a government official, I mean, if, if the Republicans have learned anything, not that I'm saying they have, but if they've learned anything, and again, my opinion, um, perhaps I hope they have learned that maybe, just maybe, somebody with experience is a much better idea than a TV personality. Now, maybe uh, that's just wishful thinking on my part. It is very possible. Um, but I mean, isn't it isn't it likely that they would do better and get more support rather than the small base that voted for Trump? Isn't it a wise a wiser idea to expand your voting block with good ideas? Well, one would think that. Um, 
you know. But, I mean, first of all, I think it's pretty fair to say that, in general, the GOP has been pretty alarmed by not only the number of people who turned out to vote, but how many states mm-hmm. that they previously won in the in the last even the the, the last midterm mm-hmm. that rolled that rolled to blue. Um, they were very unhappy with that, and I think that you know they are not going to change their stance on things. Uh, if we don't see a split in the Republican Party like a major league, yeah. major league split, <clears throat> I will be very surprised. Um, b- because, I mean, their current strategy really just seems to be one of we will suppress the vote. That se- that's like their whole strategy. You know, it never happened, and we're going to suppress the vote. That's, that's, their, that's their stance on everything. I don't know what you're talking about. And no, no, <laughs> no, you, you, you really shouldn't vote. Um, you know, this I mean, this whole, really this, this, ruling, whole this is really ruling, trying to rule by fear. And, you know, in a dictatorship, that is what's done. As far as I can remember, we're still not a dictatorship. As much as, as Trump might have wanted it to be one, it still isn't. And unfortunately, and I don't, I don't even understand how the Republicans have gotten away with all of the bad faith moves they've made. For example, when Barack Obama had a Supreme Court opening and wanted to put Merrick Garland in as a Supreme Court judge, we all got told by Mitch McConnell, no, 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 it's an election year. We need to let the new president make that decision. With less, not even a quarter of that time left in Trump's term, he was allowed to install Amy Comey Barrett. Comey Barrett. Um, well, and everybody, that, I, mean, I mean, we're talking about a, a matter of weeks versus, you know, almost months. 11 months. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, how, did, how does he get away with it? Well, the way that – how did how did Trump get away with that and the, and the GOP? Because they had control of everything, basically. Other than Congress, they had control of the Senate, which they kind of still yeah. have control yeah. of the Senate, even even though it's a 50 – you know, we have a, a narrow – the Democrats – I say we. I'm not really a Democrat. I'm, I'm an independent. Um, the Democrats yeah. have very, you know, narrow control uh, – it takes Harris voting to um, to override things. Um, you know what yeah. happens with the filibuster is you know I mean if if they don't do something about the filibuster, nothing nothing is going to change. Um, right. But I want to I want to go back a little bit to one of the things that that we mentioned and um, that I just want to clarify. Because um, this was made, there was a huge deal made about this in the in the press, and it's not exactly mm-hmm. accurate. Um, you know, okay. that can't give out water or food for people standing in line. Um, okay. Which, there are co- there are a couple of things I want to point out. First of all, the places where people stood in line sometimes for I mean, there was one woman that that um, that was being followed very closely by. Um, a number of, of media outlets, and she was live tweeting as well. Um, like she was in line for like ten hours to vote. And yeah. just to remind everyone that um, the polls cannot close as long as there are people in line, and that's true. I, I believe in 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 all fifty states. If you, if there's a line, mm-hmm. they cannot close. They they have to stay open until the last person has voted. Um, but the places where you saw those kind of lines were definitely in what can only be determined as or be described as, you know, less advantaged neighborhoods uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. 
so we're talking about historically black neighborhoods and um, mm-hmm. minor minority uh, neighborhoods, whereas in you know the white white suburbs like Cobb County, um, yeah. you know people I know voted in. You know, nice white people went and were able to vote in under 15 minutes. Um, so it's there's some definite disparity yeah. there. Uh, but the the in this in this bill that they passed in Georgia, it says that only poll workers can give out water. Um, really? So, so it's not, um, you know, and. I'm not really sure exactly what the reasoning behind that is, um, other than just meanness. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, some of the other things included in uh, in this. I mean, and this was a massive piece of legislation, also, like 98 yeah. pages. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff. And some of the language is not always clear on exactly mm-hmm. uh, what's happening. I, I I have to say the the most brilliant description <laughs> of this was Stacey Abrams, who said this is nothing more than Jim Crow in a suit and tie. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I and I think too that it's also important to point out that. You know, when they are talking about, you know, election security, um, that is just, you know, um, dog whistle words for the GOP that it's really um, comes down to, um, you know, suppressing the vote or controlling the vote in a way that they think will benefit them. Um, you know, yeah. probably one of the one of the most important things in in this whole omnibus bill that they passed um, is that it gives the state more power over over individual uh, counties. Um, you know, which their noses were out of joint because they didn't like the way uh, some of these counties handled their um, their election boards. Um, mm-hmm. So this is going to give them more power to, you know, to poke their noses where it doesn't really, uh, really belong, like in Georgia, Fulton County, because Fulton County went, you know, uh, had a huge impact on the last election. Uh, some of the other things that are that are in the bill, it, you know, they're going to continue drop boxes, but uh, for votes, which was kind of a new thing. Um, but they're going to limit them. Um, right. You know, and then uh, they're also looking now, at... I, uh, huh? Sorry. I, I thought that one of the things in this bill was the potential that they could go in and take out officials and install Republican officials if they didn't like the way the vote, the count went. Like they could just totally change it from Democratic to Republican at will, or do I have that completely wrong? I thought that was one of the basic tenets of the bill that they would have the ability to replace whoever was acting in in you know good faith and install whoever they wanted well, um they can. So basically, it allows the state board to sideline election officials in up to four counties at a time, uh, and a, and a majority of the board would have to decide that the officials have demonstrated nonfeasance, malfeasance, or gross negligence in at, in at least two elections over a two-year period, or that the county officials committed at least three violations of election law or board regulations in the last two general election cycles and had not sufficiently, in quotation marks, remedied these violations. Um, But, yeah, activists um, and uh, other officials in uh, Democrat-run counties 
are are concerned. Um, mm-hmm. But well, I tell you, they, I'm concerned because here's what happens in these cases. What happens is you have a change of law from one election to the next. Then they want to go back and rewrite history and say, well, you violated this rule previous to the rule even being created. And I just have the feeling they can't can't do that. Haven't they done that already? No. Well, they tried, but, I mean, you can't. You can't prosecute somebody for something that wasn't illegal at the time that they did it. I mean, that's just there's, uh, you know. And also, I want to point out that there there are some legal challenges um, to uh, to this because there are mm-hmm. parts of it that are um, that are questionable when it comes to its constitutionality. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so whether this stands or not, um, mm-hmm. it will be it, it it will be interesting to see to see what happens with this. But a number of uh, of states are, you know, I mean, there have been like two hundred over two hundred and fifty pieces of legislation that are floating around. Uh, in mm-hmm. all 50 states, pretty much, uh, that have to do with, with um, you know, really some regressive uh, policies when it comes to when it comes to voting. So it, it remains to be seen what what is gonna is gonna happen. Um, you know, with with this bill that they've passed. I mean, like one of the things they've shortened uh, the length of runoffs. And, and yeah. campaigns for that, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've shortened the hours for early voting. Um, yep. They did. It Pretty doesn't look like. Uh, I'm looking to see if they if they actually did away with Sunday voting because I I don't think that. Um, you know, they're really trying to control how many, you know, what the hours are for early voting. Um, uh-huh. You know, like they want to restrict it from nine to five, um, which right. is, you know, a serious disenfranchisement for <clears throat> people who, you know, I mean, if you work nine to five, that means you got to take time off from work, um, which technically yep. under the law, your boss has to allow you uh, to do that. Um, right, but so they're saying that they're requiring you know early voting to be offered between nine and five, but at the same time it also says that counties can open early voting as early as seven seven a.m. and end as late as as seven p.m. if they want to. So it kind of leaves it up to the counties, um, you know. It, <laughs> The way that the the way that they'll really impact that is by how much funding they allow for various counties. You know how much election funding uh, various counties get. All right. So, well, that's a uh, wait, that's going to be a wait and see kind of thing. It sounds like so. Um, just want to remind folks to please check out wildhunt.org. It is the pagan paper of record. Please show them all your support. Um, let's move on. I wanted to okay. talk about. I wanted to talk about getting a vaccine and everything involved. Now, I know a lot of folks are still being kind of resistant to it, but I got to say, I, I'm finding that people who were very resistant to it because they thought it was "quote unquote" too fast. Please understand that COVID in various forms has been around for quite a while. There were already uh, medicines to jump from in building these vaccinations. This was not a completely done-from-scratch thing necessarily. I know a lot of people think it was. Um, And I just want to encourage folks to, to please give it, all your consideration. Um, 
it's very important to trying to get back to some kind of a regular life like I know most of us miss. Um, and it's not like I only know about one vaccination because people in my family have had different types. We've had Pfizer in the house. We've had Moderna in the house. The only thing we haven't had yet is the Johnson & Johnson, which apparently is harder to get around here than it is other places. I don't know. But I already feel better just knowing that I'm getting it and that I'm going to be able to see my loved ones soon. So please, please consider it. Everyone's different as far as the reactions to the vaccinations go. Um, I had minimal, if you follow me on Facebook, you know, I've had minimal issues, not that big a deal. Less than 48 hours of anything and everything I had was pretty minor except for the fact that Saturday or rather Friday night, I almost fell asleep in the middle of a conversation because <laughs> I just was tired. And that's that's basically the biggest thing that happened. What do you think, Star? What do you think about the vaccine and the resistance to it? Well, I think you're seeing a lot less resistance to um, to getting the vaccine, perhaps most importantly uh, among people of color. Um, which, you know, yeah. as a general population, they have every reason to not trust anything that the government does Absolutely. when it comes to vaccinations. Um, yep. But we are we are definitely seeing um, a shift mm-hmm. among the, the black and people of color population, uh, and those numbers are really starting to go up, uh, especially as access to get a vaccine has, has improved. So I think I think yeah. you're going to continue to to see those numbers go up. Uh, the number of people that are getting vaccinated. I mean, you know, the uh, the Biden administration is is kicking butt. I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking like, you know, over yeah. the weekend between three and four million uh, people, you know, shots went into arms both on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you know, some yep. of these ver- uh, variants are, are very concerning, but I, I think that uh, I think things are moving in the right direction if we can just get people to just hold their horses for just a little bit longer before they go galloping yeah. off to, uh, you know, to have house parties and whatnot. Um, I do want to um, point out there was just a story in the news uh, yesterday that first was in the news yesterday. And that is that um, apparently a facility that was um, responsible for producing uh, and for distribution of the Janssen or the J&J Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine had it. uh, There was apparently a production issue and uh, Mm -hmm. a number number of doses – were uh, compromised. Uh, none of yeah. these doses. I just want to be really clear on this. None of these doses made it into. Uh, you know, they had not been distributed. They were. They were not. Right. They were not out there in use. Um, right. So the only thing it really does is that it's it sets back uh, the amount of, of available vaccine. And um, yeah. you know, I mean. From everything that I have heard, uh, the current uh, current studies, and this is we're talking uh, real world consequences as far as uh, so after the first shot, mm-hmm. what these studies found was that uh, people were eighty um, percent protected after just the first yeah. shot of Moderna or right. Pfizer. Okay, right and. Mm-hmm. 90% after the second one. So, I mean, that is really pretty good because if you figure your laboratory numbers are, I think, uh, you know, Pfizer was 94 and Moderna was 95%, you know, effective mm-hmm. in completely preventing infection. We're not even talking about hospitalizations, uh, right. you know, which all of them, all of the vaccines that are available uh, and this is in, you know, so in the U.S., the vaccines that have been approved for emergency uh, use are, you know, Pfizer was first, then Moderna, 
and, and then the Johnson and Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. AstraZeneca, you know, there was a whole lot of uh, hubbub over the AstraZeneca vaccine because, the, you know, blood clots, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, and then there were some reporting issues that um, as far as like the data that, that AstraZeneca uh, released and then they re-released it because it wasn't correct or, you know, uh, <clears throat> which even health experts said, well, okay, this is a little irregular. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is, first of all, the number of people that had blood clots, which here's a shocker for you. People have blood clots whether or not they're taking a vaccine or not. I mean, there's just always yeah. a certain percentage of people who are going to develop blood clots for whatever reason. Um, yep. was not any higher in the people that had been in the trials, the AstraZeneca trials, right. than, than otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. But all four of these vaccines, all four of them, are 100% effective at keeping you from being hospitalized or, most importantly, dying. Uh, all four yeah. of them. Okay? Um, yeah. And, I mean, overall, you know, when, when people are like, oh, well, you know, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is only 81% effective, that is a pretty good, you know, 81% effective of completely preventing yeah. infection. Yeah, of you getting the disease, but 100% yeah. effective from keeping you from dying or becoming seriously, becoming ill enough, you have to be hospitalized. So do I, what yeah. do I think? I think every single person who has the opportunity to get vaccinated, I don't care which vaccine it is, it. if you have an opportunity yeah. to get a vaccine, uh, you need to get one. As far as side effects, um, you know, there's a there's a pretty wide range of what what people experience. There are. I know people that got yeah. the Johnson and Johnson. I know two people that have had the Johnson and Johnson. I know three people that have had the Johnson and Johnson. Um, one of them had little to no impact. The other two right. felt like they had the flu for for a couple of days. Um, you know, with the Pfizer and the Moderna, um, similar side effects. I will tell you when I got mine. My friggin' arm, 30 minutes after I got the shot, I mean, I felt like somebody had stabbed me in the arm. And, yes, I know what it feels like to be stabbed, been there, done that. That is exactly what it felt like. I mean, my whole arm hurt. It radiated up into the base of my skull later on, and I almost kind of had a dull headache, and then that whole side of my yeah. body hurt. But guess what? 24 hours later, all of that all of that was mostly gone. I still had some – my arm was still sore. Um, it was tender yeah. for a couple of days, but you know yeah. what? If that's the price of, uh, you know, of making sure that I am not going to get a deadly disease that will then kill me, um, right? You know, I'm pretty good with that. Uh, the other thing, yeah. and here's some, this is this is really interesting. Okay, so people that had COVID and were what are termed as long haulers. Uh, yeah. You're going to be seeing a lot more in the news about this. Uh, what they yeah. are finding is that uh, people who just felt, you know, they were just tired all the time after having COVID, uh, they still had kind of yeah. like these weird recurring symbols, symbols, symptoms, even though <laughs> they they were. Um, they were testing negative, you know, they were testing negative. So it wasn't like it. So yeah. if there was virus in there, it was, it was at an undetectable level, which means that they can also can spread it. Um, but right. after getting their first vaccine, they immediately felt better. Their symptoms uh, abated. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctors don't, aren't really a hundred percent sure yet what this is They're but they're going to be watching it. Um, so, I mean, I think especially, if you are someone who has had COVID and have any of the long hauler symptoms, it's totally worth it to go and get a get a uh, COVID vaccine. Plus, I would like to point out that it is absolutely free. You know, free. It's a hundred percent free. You can go yeah. anywhere if you can get an appointment. 
whether you go to the health department or you're working through Walgreens or you're going yep. to one of these pop-up sites, uh, which I think we'll be seeing more and more yeah. of these pop-up vac- vaccination sites. It's free. Yeah. It costs you nothing. You get a little card. They write your little name on the card, and you get a little. They write it's a little so number next to it, and and then they give you the date of when your next. You know, most places will give you the date of when your next vaccination is. Um, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, and there are people who cannot get the COVID vaccine. Absolutely. You know, depending on what your health issues are, which is why it makes it all the more important for people like you and me who are healthy enough to be able to get a vaccine that we need to do it. Like it's a moral imperative. Get your, get your fucking shot. (laughs) Seriously true. Um, I have to say I completely 100% agree. Um, There's really no reason or excuse not to. It's for your life. It's for the life of your loved ones. It's really for everybody. Um, But also take note, there are a lot of people out there who were not diagnosed as having COVID who might have had COVID. You know, you may want, you may be surprised that you actually, once you've had the vaccine, feel mysteriously better because you were not diagnosed as that, you know. So I I think that's going to be an interesting study, too, if they start asking people, did you notice any improvement in how you felt once you've had the vaccine? I will tell you, since I've had the vaccine, now this could be emotional, I'm not sure, but I actually do feel better. Did I have COVID? Yeah. It's possible I had a very mild version of it and did not know it. Um, I haven't been sick since last November or December. I want to say December um, before before it was being widely reported as being in the United States. Um, my family and I and a bunch of my coworkers, we were all sick at the same time. Were any of us actually diagnosed? We were not um, because we were all better before COVID was even announced as being in our country. So is it possible? Yes. Is it a definite? No, because we haven't been tested. I can't, I can't swear to that, but it's possible. Well, there were, there were cases reported in the U.S. in December, but they didn't know what they were. Uh, my husband was yeah. in Southeast Asia in December yeah. of 2019. He came home with a very weird cough that, that would not w- abate. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and he's, he's one of those people that, I mean, he just doesn't ever get sick. He has the constitution of a billy goat. Um, and since getting, and he's, he's had some weird complications uh, since then, since getting the shot. Yeah. He has uh, seen an interesting, uh, you know, lack of of, of issues and pain uh, that even the doctors have been unable to explain why he's having the pain that he's having. So um, it's, you know, he could have been infected. Yeah, he could have been infected. We don't know. So Yeah, I think um, a lot of people just don't know. So that's there's another point for getting the vaccination, if you've been feeling kind of eh, it could be you've had a mild case of it. If you didn't get it diagnosed because you got better or you still feel like you may have some kind of malingering symptoms, um, I I want to encourage everybody to please get the vaccination for yourself and everybody else, if at all possible. I understand that there are some people who, for various uh, medical reasons, can't because of allergies and whatnot, um, or whatever. Right. I mean, you're, the, the you're always going to have that. You're always going to have that. There's a, yeah. there's a percentage of the population sure. that, that simply cannot be vaccinated, which is why it's that much more important for us to get vaccinated. That the rest of us I mean, agreed. I, I, and frankly, I mean, my perspective on this is that there's really, you know, unless you're one of those people that absolutely can't be vaccinated, there is. Mm-hmm. No reason to not get vaccinated. Um, Agreed. So Agreed. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. Um, we are we're close to the end. So I, I want to throw in, there is something else I want to throw in. Um, 
I just want to talk briefly about Matt Gates because I just hate him so much. <laughs> um, and because that's the kind of girl I am. Star, can you tell the folks a little bit about what I'm talking about when I sit here and, and laugh my ass off at this friggin' fool? Okay, so <laughs> Matt Gates is a representative uh, from Florida in, in the House of Representatives. Uh, he uh, w- was a huge Trump supporter. Yeah. Um, he's just he's just pretty much, I mean, he's like right up there with uh, Devin Nunes, who, you know, sued a fake cow. Um, and so just this week, there was apparently an investigation into, uh, into Gates. Yes. Um, yes. That alleges Gets. Gets. Yeah. Gets. Okay. Gats. I've been whatever. Saying whatever. Whatever. Whatever his name is. Um, yeah, this guy. That alleges um, apparently the FBI was investigating him because of his relations with a 17 year old girl uh, who he apparently paid to travel with him. Or paid for her air uh-huh. travel. I'm not even 100% clear on uh, on the story there. Um, and then, in what can only be described as just a level of bizarreness that even I have trouble equating, um, he went on Tucker Carlson's show, and afterwards yeah. Tucker Carlson said that that was that a that was the weirdest interview he'd ever done, which is saying something. Um, yeah. And uh, that he didn't even know what that was. Um, so it was super bizarre. But it looks like, and now is he, res- I heard he was, is he resigning? Is am, am I, is that correct? I have not heard that yet. I have not heard that yet, but I have not heard anything since last night because I was so taken aback by the Tucker Carlson thing because apparently he tried to equate um, his investigation to something that was not proven about Tucker Carlson having an inappropriate relationship with somebody. And Tucker Carlson, if you happen to have seen the clip, when Matt Gates gets whatever br- brings this up, the look on Tucker Carlson's face is quite priceless because it's like, don't drag me into your shit. But, yeah, well, it was fascinating. It, to watch Republicans eat their own, I'm sorry. I am just smiling. I'm smiling. Well, and I, I want to point out that neither one of us are fans of, of Tucker Carlson, nor do we, nor do we watch you. his show, because, frankly, no, neither one no. of us has, has – has that strong of a stomach, um, but yeah. So we're we're, we're not we're not watching it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right now. I had to wash um, my hair. Yeah, yeah I got so a fan. Yeah, but there's stunning. just no honor amongst thieves. I mean, when you have to, you know, obviously gates, gets gates, whatever gets gets gates. He felt painted into a corner. I understand you feel painted into a corner. Because you did some shit, you probably, uh, that hasn't been proven, let me retract. It hasn't yet been proven that he's guilty. It's alleged. It is alleged, therefore not proven, but alleged. But for the fact that you would try to drag somebody else's life into your situation as a comparative and say to Tucker Carlson, well, you know what it's like to be false when you I think the other thing that um, that is really glaring in all of this too is that he was the only member of Congress that voted against the sex trafficking bill <laughs> a while back too. <laughs> you know, Not that I can prove it, not that I'm saying he is, but this to me is akin to Lindsey Graham voting anti-gay every chance he gets. I'm not saying anything. I have no proof of anything. 
it is just a personal feeling. Let me be really clear. That's all. Make of that what you will. So we are <laughs> we are out of time. Um, but I want to thank everybody for supporting us and listening to the show. Uh, again, please check out wildhunt.org, the pagan paper of record. Until next month, I'm Raina Starr. That is Star Bustamante, and we will see you next time. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.